Welcome to the Long Come Norwich podcast, an exodus of extravagant opinion as exquisite as a xenophobic xylophone. I'm joined as ever by Lorne. Good evening. Hello, punt. Hello. Uh, and that's it. We haven't invited anyone else. Uh, it is lockdown season. If you are listening to this in a year's time, um, fuck you doing, uh, but you're very welcome. <laughs> and we are currently stuck in our houses. Um, uh, Lorne is in his house. He should, however, be in Delhi. Um, so we would like uh, a group our uh, sympathetic noise made from all listeners for the fact that he is having his holiday ruined by COVID-19. So you should be, what, halfway up the Himalayas right now? Uh, well, on the way, yeah. But it's it's not as bad as most people's problems, is it? But yeah, I'm grumpy today because I should be going on holiday. Well, luckily, you are speaking to the two people that never fail to put a smile on your face. Um, today, we're going to run through every single uh, burning topic uh, of uh, football that, that there is to cover since we last podded uh, and after that five minutes we're then going to do an extended <laughs> quiz uh, which includes some listeners who have uh, said that they reckon they can take on punt and lawny um, at their own game um, so yeah let, let's, I think let's, be right. not, let's it's not our game it. let's be fair it's not <laughs> our game we just do it badly at the end of every pod so let's let's kind of get uh, we we had a few questions in and they, they all kind of covered a similar topic so so let, let's just crack straight into it um the end of the season what is the best way to to end things and um, what's the fairest way what's the least litigious way um let's start with uh, ACN founder punt what's your opinion there is the problem here is there isn't an easy way otherwise everyone would have been settled on that already but the diff- it's, the problem for me is you cannot finish this season behind closed doors. But I think the Premier League are going to try and do that purely because they want the season finished for financial reasons. And it, that, those two things just don't work in in tandem for me. You know, you you can't you can't play it behind closed doors because football, certainly in England, more than probably any other country in the world, is is just nothing without the supporters. So you've got if you're going to finish this season, you've got to find a way of making sure that though all of the games are completed, and that actually, given Norwich City's remaining fixtures, we've got some really easier games at home that would have given us more of an advantage in the running. I still think we'd get we get relegated off the back of it, but you know we've talked about it ad finitum on the pod. These are the games that you look at and you think right if we're going to do anything the home games are where it's going to happen. But let's face it, there isn't going to be any meaningful football for the next two or three months um, unless the Premier League do something sneaky and, I don't know, have it at St George's Park with some kind of weird rotational um, hotel stays and, and all the rest of it. So for me, the, the only way, or there's two ways that you can do it. You can just void it entirely and just say the results are expunged from existence and, and that's it. Well, that's or, what they've done. The, with everything below with the, the, the national tier, yeah. yeah so like that yeah from i think it's tiers three to seven or whatever it is in the in the national league pyramid and i you know i'm not wholesale against that but equally i can see that it's not particularly fair to especially if we look at the premier league the likes of liverpool if you look at the championship the likes of leeds and west brom and the, those in the playoff pack um I liked the idea that came out probably a few weeks ago now, which was to have a 22 or 23 team Premier League next season and then either relegate five the next season or relegate four and then four the season after or whatever it looked like. You'd probably then have to say, look, Liverpool are just so far ahead that you might as well 
give them the title and, and put an asterisk next to it, um, you know, with a little caveat. Um, and then for the Champions League places, just go, right, well, wherever the teams are now, we're really sorry. That's that's the line in the sand that we're going to have to draw. They um, could have a golden asterisk on their shirt, a bit like Ipswich. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> nice. But I, well, I think, think that, that 22 you, team league yeah, is I, for I me. like that idea as well. But the thing is, if you're going with that idea, that is effectively saying we are ending the season now and everyone, has, basically all, all of the success gets rewarded. Um, but none of the failure gets penalised because Agreed. That's, that's 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 your best chance of avoiding abo- avoiding being sued um, yeah. by the hundreds of millions that the prem teams are going to suffer from. Now the, the problems you're going to run into are the teams that are just outside. Hang on, we're missing out on this. And then what do you do about things like the Champions League? So people like Tottenham who aren't likely to finish in the Champions League positions, um, but they but obviously they've. Were they actually knocked out, or were they just losing after the first leg in the Champions League? No, they were. They were knocked out. Yeah. So basically, what what do you do? What what do you do? Like, do you basically say the people who are currently in the Champions League do that again, or do you go back to kind of this season's Champions League? So if you're basically going to say we literally everyone gets rewarded as if we finish the season now, um, but but basically we we don't put anyone down and we just increase all of the sizes of the leagues and maybe you, you reach out to the people who are leading the conference or whatever and you you just say everyone everything is a bit bigger for a couple of years and then everyone relegates an extra team or two over the next two three years to go back down again. To me, that does seem like the most the most sensible and the least litigious way of doing it. I think but that the... doesn't work either because it's not just the Premier League that needs to be finished. It's the FA Cup. It's the Champions League. There's it's the Europa League. Like I, what, I don't think you have think to finish the, the point... FA Cup. And I don't think you have to finish any of the European I don't think you'd finish it. I don't think the point... I think the European ones, you might. The European ones, what you might do is you might say, because there's so few games of those left compared to, you know, one of the leagues. So you might actually say, that is all we're going to do. We're going to do the domestic domestic cups and the the European cups, or rather the domestic cups are up to the individual European leagues. But we are going to try and finish these last eight or 12 games or whatever over a three-week period. And then maybe they move it to pre-season but if the it is now there's just you haven't played everyone twice you've played everyone once but the point is you haven't necessarily played them at home and so it, it just simply that isn't a fair way of doing it points per game is, is just as fair as stopping the season now like it, it basically isn't a because points per game is very, very, very similar to if you just stop the season now. Like, there'd probably be like one or two teams in different positions. Yeah. yeah. Um, the so thing, you, the you, thing is, whatever you do, there's no fair way of doing it. Um, no. So for me, I I can't see any other solution other than complete null and void. Sorry, everyone, we're going to have to start again. And the reason I say that is, it's not just a case of there not being any meaningful football in this country for the next couple of months, and even then it would probably be behind closed doors. Because behind closed doors doesn't work because that's premised on the fact that only fans get sick. And it only takes one player or one staff member in one squad to get uh, coronavirus if they go to the hotel routine in which it all breaks down because that entire mm. squad then has to self-isolate for two weeks. So you've got another delay. It's just there, there isn't unless you say. Right, well, we'll come back as soon as we can come back, whenever that may be, August, September, October, and we'll finish the season, and then we'll have a little break, and then we'll start next season. The only possible solution I can see is null and void. 
the entire yeah, season. I, 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 I think that's what's most. There is I think no that's fair. what's most likely to happen. But I think I think just logistically, I think that's what's most likely to happen. What happens with the seven hundred and sixty-four million pounds that apparently? Some there's some contractual glitch that means that if if the season can't be completed and Sky and the other broadcasters don't get to broadcast the rest of their games, then the Premier League clubs are, have to foot the bill for 764 million um, or, or something bonkers. Well, yeah, no, you're about right. It is about that. Yeah, yeah but but then but, they but, have so, to like that. Yeah, which I know. Yeah, I get that. That's that's interesting. Maybe the government will pay eighty percent of it, but what what I what I find really what I find um, a shame for if you are to just cancel it altogether, um, is for those teams that are that have been doing really well and having you know, a historic season. I mean, I, I, was it South Shields who 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 is something like twelve points clear, um, and they needed like one more win, uh, and they were uh, and and their league has already been expunged from the record, so they've got to go again next next season. I think I heard it on the radio, but just on your point, Lorne, about. Um, it's all very well saying we'll, we'll, we'll play it behind closed doors and we'll have kind of World Cup style camps or whatever that 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 story earlier in the week that came out. The, uh, there was a fantastic uh, comment. I think it was on the Athletic um, in response to a story that featured that idea, which was yeah, that's all very well, but it isn't just this. this it's not. It's not just the 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 chefs and the support staff and the physios. What about the policing? What about the um, what about the support structure and the, the medical staff and the hospitals that need to be on standby? The ambulance that needs on standby at every Premier League game um, and yeah. because the point is you what are you going to do like have medical teams also seconded during the period where where the, the NHS needs needs their doctors and, and obviously private hospitals are being commandeered as well to do NHS work it, it like the point is you can't do a Premier League game with all the insurances and everything involved if you don't have all that medical stuff there's the security element you still need all those security people in the police because Irrelevant if it's behind closed doors. If everyone knows that Man City versus Liverpool is is kicking off at St George's Park or Villa Park, it doesn't matter where. If you just have it in set places, you still have to have policing and security around all these millionaires and assets being in one place. So yeah, absolutely, what, there's what, no what way that football can be. There's no way that football can be played in this country before August. Well, I don't know about before August, but but basically it's before it's before everyone's allowed back to you know you know when I'm back whatever I'm, normal looks like yeah exactly whenever whenever people are allowed to be back in their offices when cafes are open that is when football can can start again and and if that events, is, so events are already being cancelled so we're recording this on the first day of April and already events are being cancelled all events basically in June yeah, Wimbledon, Wimbledon etc cancelled today is and, done. and I think it's that's, not, that's it's, like last it's week June, first week of July, is it, Wimbledon? Yeah, yeah. And, the Premier League yes. isn't going to happen then, so it's not going to happen to no. August. Yeah, so well, the other thing is, you think, about the, you think about the difference between this break and other breaks. It's not like an international break. It's not like a um, warm winter training break or even the off-season when they all have their programmes. Like, we're seeing kind of people have got Peloton bikes and, you know, Teddy was on his Instagram with an oxygen mask, you know, doing his, um, doing his, 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 his racing on a bike, in, you know, with toys all around him and he's in trouble for that apparently and and tim cruel tim cruel what for for? apparently you're not allowed to use those masks that he had in norway he's not even in norway but he's in some kind of trouble in the norwegian press well the the point the point is it's nothing like the preparation so again when it comes to things like insurance and contracts and stuff like that no no i know there's a lot of pressure in terms of the money on the game but if you think about how much these coaches are doing their nut about um you know poor darlings in the champions league oh we've got to fix your congestion boohoo poor us how on earth are they going to be how on earth are they going to be okay with um going from 
effectively zero inactivity. Okay, they might have state-of-the-art gym in their house, but that is not the same as a Premier League training camp. No, no. If, if, if pre-season is currently, what, six weeks in a few games, um, and, and for the international players who have done a tournament, they sometimes have two or three weeks and a game or two, then and, and obviously they then get loads of excuses made about it. We, we're not going into early season football. We're going into the running. You know, we're going into... Yeah. The, the absolutely yeah. most crucial point of the season for many of these teams, you you you're going to want at least three four weeks of proper training. So even yeah. if they are all allowed back on the last day of June, you know, to take the Wimbledon example, if the last day of the June is when we're all allowed out to you know kiss and snog and hold hands, um, then uh, then it's going to be at the very best the last week of July, and then you then obviously we've now got Euros next summer. So you, you, you've got a compressed season and they're already looking at, again, going back to what I said before, you've already got these managers complaining about fixture congestion. There's going to be such a pushback on how these athletes are going to get more and more muscular injuries if you're looking to basically create an insane 14-month period where they non-stop play football. I also just think this is, this is a good example and fixture congestion is another really good example of where at some point there's there's got to be an element of I'm sorry, Premier League, but you've had billions and billions of pounds every single year for however long. Yes, you now have to pay back however much, £176 million, but tough shit. Like, that's the point. of That's the other side of having all this money in the first place. Like, you've had it for ages and ages and ages and ages and ages. So now you've got to pay a bit back. It would be the same with pounds per club. It's the same with feature congestion. £38.2 million per club. With that, well, Norwich is that fine, £38 million. Pounds. But it yeah, isn't well, just that. It isn't do. just Sorry. that money. So, and I, I agree with your point in principle, Lorne, but it's not. I mean, I was speaking to someone about this the other day, and it's not just the £38 million that Norwich have to find. So that of that kind of £700 and whatever million pounds 60. it is, 64, thank you, sir. Um, a load of that will trickle down into the EFL and, so, and actually will help clubs in League Two, will help clubs in League One that maybe financially struggle, Championship, not so much. But that money somehow still needs to be filtered down to the smaller clubs because, I mean, to be, I'll be brutally honest, I've been quite disappointed with the way, the way in which Norwich have behaved as a club, um, and maybe some of that is in their communication, but how they've behaved as a club in the last couple of weeks, short of a couple of really nice, notable things that they've done. But, you know, we are, we are in the Premier League now. We've got plenty of money. We'd forecast to make a, you know, whatever it was, I think it was something like £26 million profit this season. Um, that shouldn't even be on our radar that we've got to pay all this money back. It should be actually, this is a global pandemic. This is a major issue for society. Fuck football for, you know, three, four, five months, whatever it needs to be. We're going to be responsible. We're going to pay all of our casual match day staff properly. We're going to pay all of our staff properly. We're going to ask our players to take a wage cut. You know, all of these things, the, the thing they did really well was the, um, the players and the, the senior execs kind of are being asked to to call the vulnerable and the, the older season ticket holders, and that was brilliant. But actually, Did you get a phone call, punt? I didn't, mate. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm 69, not 70, so I didn't quite yeah. just, just trip over. Yeah. Um, but I don't think, you know, we, we, so, we pride ourselves on being a community club. I'm not sure that we've done everything that we should have done um, within the last kind of Well, did you weeks. read the furlough stuff today? Um, what the club announcement and that's another yeah. thing actually on the club announcement so the club have made a um, a pertinent announcement about the ticket season ticket refunds and, and if the season gets cancelled or is played behind closed doors 
but we'll get a partial refund. Brilliant. Oh, no, I'm, good. I'm, talk, I'm talking about the furlough stuff. The fact no, that no, but, but, but just on that, I just wanted to make a point. So they haven't made any public noises about actually, see, a lot of people pay for their season tickets on direct debits, um, and they went out the first of the 2021 season's direct debits went out this week. Now, for me, that's not an issue that there's, you know, whatever it is, 45 quid coming out of a bank account because I'm fortunate enough that I'm, I'm in a position where I can work from home and I'm still being paid. Well, but there's paid a lot of, yeah, exactly, mate. But there's a lot of people that probably wouldn't have been in that position or would have been slightly reticent to pay that. And uh, the, I think the club could have been better in their communication to say, look, as a community, we know that you might be struggling. Give us a call if that's going to be an issue or drop us an email or whatever it might be. But there was nothing from the club. It's almost like, right, well, we're quite happy to take money for a season that actually we don't know if it's even happening yet. And I realised had they failed to take those direct debits, that would have caused loads of logistical issues down the line. But I think they should have just maybe found a halfway house to say, right, if you're going to struggle, if you want to postpone it, give us a call. You know, things along those lines. I don't think we've acted as, as well as we could have done. But but sorry, tell me about furloughing. A football, just a, I think it's a football issue generally, and it's, it goes back to the point about paying back that money and fixture congestion and stuff, is that clubs have had it exactly how they want it for ages, and they make a lot of noises about, oh, fixture congestion, but let's have another European tournament at the end of the season that's like a world club championship. Let's have more games and more games and more games that are lucrative, and then complain about fixture congestion. Like All of this comes back to the same thing of football clubs generally have never had it so good and have had it so good and built to them and not toward the fans for ages so this is an example of a time where football isn't getting the best of the best of everything and no one's getting the best of everything so for me football at this point just has to sort of suck it up and be like well yeah do what you said john like let people not pay for next season season ticket if if they can't for whatever reason like pay your staff properly i think all football clubs should be doing that just as a as a standard thing yeah. well no yeah but norwich are doing that Nor- norwich are paying all of their staff so that it's well, basically the same amount yeah well, norwich, yeah but the government is paying a load of that yeah yes they are i appreciate that they are doing that but the the, the whether or not they're taking advantage of the fact that, that the government are making that that money available, we can't. You can't kick the club for, you know, not okay. paying. I think morally, I think we we kind of hold ourselves up as as you know, well, kind on, of exemplars. But they get. But if you are if you are a non-playing member of staff, you are still getting everything you were going to get anyway. So, yeah, so yeah. why why you why but is that? Why should you be angry at the club? I'm angry at the club because the club's projecting to make a multi-million pound profit this season, and we're taking money off the taxpayer to pay our employees. But we're also def- but we're also protecting ourselves from the fact that we don't actually know quite how long. I mean, it's a it's a business. It's a it's a community. It's got a big part to play in the community, but it is a business, and they've got to try and protect themselves because they don't know. You know, we're talking about this thirty-eight million. If that ends up going through, and that's what they have to pay back, um, so that wipes out that profit straight away. Also, there will be parts of that profit that will be earmarked for certain things that they're looking to do to improve the club from yeah. a longevity point of view, um, and not only that they don't know currently how long it's going to be until they're in a position to um to be able to pay those pay, pay that the rest of their staff um so so for example they could be really brave which is fine say, all, of that is all ourselves fine. but then what, what happens if in three months time four months time 
they they haven't taken advantage of this job retention scheme. They haven't paid. They've done that all 100% themselves because, you know what, we're a Premier League club, we've got loads of money. In three months' time, if it's looking like another three months until they're going to get any TV revenue or, or any, anything else from match day revenue and things like this, um, and club, sale, club shirt sales and all that will slow down when they're not in, they're not in front of, of, of consumers to buy them. That's just simple marketing. Um, with that in mind, you're, um, it would, they would then look really, really irresponsible if they then have to lay off a load of staff because actually um, they paid them through the period of time when they could have actually claimed money back from the government. But now the furloughing scheme stopped, everyone's going back to normal, and Norwich have got a massive black hole where they've paid a load of staff and actually they could have had it paid by Boris. So I agree I with you. I agree with you in this pick. They're that, damned if that, they do, and they're damned if they don't, mate. To be honest, but no, but I, I think, agree with you, Pete, because that, that's where the state should step in like, as a safety net. Like, I'm quite happy for the club to say we'll we'll make up your money. I think that's a noble thing to do, and I I think it's reasonable that they're doing that. But I can see John's point in terms of as a community club, there's perhaps more we could have done. And but also, I think another point on that is to make that announcement that we're furloughing employees. Um, before we've actually made an announcement on what we're doing with players' wages. And, you know, we kind of talk about this club having a no dickheads rule and we've got loads of senior pros, who, you know, real leaders and all the rest of it. They should be having discussions. Stuart Webber should be having discussions. Daniel Farker should be having discussions. You know, the, the upper echelons of the club should be having discussions with senior pros and going, right, you boys need to take a cut, which subsequently could have paid for, you know, the staff that are now on the furlough scheme. How much are you going to take? What is it, you know? What are the players prepared to do? I mean, it wouldn't be unreasonable in my eyes. Most of these players will be on what 20, 25 grand a week to half that, and until they're back, you know, in proper pre-season. It's easy, it's easy to it's easy to say that, but the point is, I, it's I, easy I, to say I, that. But Leeds have done that. Look, Leeds I, have done that within a, a drop of a hat. They've seen that. Them. Good for them. I, they, Leeds have got a very, very different model to us in terms of what 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 will happen if this goes on a lot longer than we're currently predicting. What the club the club have got. So are you saying that the players shouldn't be getting together and taking some kind of wage cut? No. What I'm saying is um, the, the 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 idea that the upper echelons of the club are not reaching out to the senior pros. Oh, is, sure they are. But yeah, I just think the point, they might handle your comms better. Handle your comms might, better. But, right, okay. So on that point, um, if they've reached out to the senior pros and they haven't managed to get a consensus on the way to do it, because actually there might be a few of the pros that have got massive gambling debts we don't know about, or there might be a few of the pros that have got issues with um, uh, mortgages and, and taking on too much, and or, or literally they're just so selfish that they really can't be bothered yeah, to, yeah. to take a hit. I get all this. Then, then how then how do you manage those comms? How do you go out and say, oh, by the way, we wanted to do it, but we couldn't get consensus with the players? You can't put that out there. It's absolute poison. So, I, and also, it, I go back to my other point. You have to think about running the club as a business, and you have to think about the fact that um, they they've clearly made the, they've clearly made the call that now is not the time for whatever reason to do that. Based upon I and, I, and my guess would be it would be based on um, making sure that they know what once they've got some certainty with regards to okay it now looks like you know the curve is starting to flatten it now looks like we are nine weeks away from this being happening or whatever it might be and once they start to have a bit more certainty they might then be in a situation they go right okay lads we actually want to put forward a 20 percent um cut for this period of time because we because the we are not in the same position as the other Premier League clubs that have been that are more established that have got um, billionaire owners 
um, because we don't, we can't just write off a few hundred million like that. The club would go under. Like if if we get if if Ben and the other lads at the top and and ladies at the top of the club get this wrong, the club could fold. Like we we do not have a safety net. Like the government is helping the club out, which is really good. And this, and I agree with you, Lorne, and it's remarkably untory but you know so far playing a blinder in terms of some elements and obviously some people who in the gig economy and freelancers think they've been too slow and blah 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 let's not get into into that because i'm not i'm not educated enough to have that discussion but um i i honestly don't think i personally don't think the club could have done a lot more on the comms based on the fact that they have been so quick to come out with the comms that they can come out with. And it may well be that there has been an agreement made with the players. I'll be amazed if there hasn't. There's been some kind of agreement with regards to, right, we've, if, if we, we know from interviews we've done on this pod with people at the club last season that they, were, they, that they were running two budgets from really early next year. This is what happens if we go up. This is what happens if we stay in the championship. We know that they're projecting for years in the future. They've told us that, that in multiple public-facing interviews. So the idea that they've not got the business acumen in the nows to have done financial modelling, you know, there's some top boys and girls working at that football club from a finance point of view, and they will be doing financial modelling based upon, okay, if we don't get any revenue from, from tickets or broadcast or whatever for the rest of this season, this is what we've got. If we have to pay some of this money back, this is what we've got. And they will have done some kind of player wage structure that this is what we what we think we're going to need to do around player wages in these three, five, ten scenarios, and it may well be that the reason they're sitting on it is because actually, um, is that they don't know. There's no certainty yet, and as a small someone who's who's trying to help a small business at the moment, the, is the it is the not knowing that kills you. That that is the hardest thing about this um this situation from someone trying to run a business. It's um, having to furlough staff when you don't know when you can get them back, furlough staff you don't know when they're going to it's going to turn into redundancies. Um, you can weather almost any storm as a business person, and that's what these people are doing. If you if you're a half decent business person, and if you've got some kind of rules of engagement, and and the issue is these guys they sim- like like all business owners, large and small. We don't know what the rules of engagement are. We don't. We haven't come up against this before. We don't like an endless potential situation like this. At least with the kind of ash cloud and the other things that have happened, that there, there's some kind of projection whereby, well, we can see in six weeks it's likely to blow over, or you know, we we think that um, this uh, this conflict is likely to have this effect, or we know that the vote on this major political thing is happening at this point. We don't have that in in this way. There is no, there's no prediction. There's no confident prediction around when markets are going to recover, and and so I, that is why I am, I've I've literally not spoken to anyone in the club about this for um for 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 weeks because they're all they're all just doing COVID nineteen stuff nonstop, um and do we all I, agree that now is the time to get rid of capitalism and get rid of money? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think that's the situation <laughs> at all, Lorne. It, it's just that that is why I am particularly sympathetic to um, to the club and the people running the club at this time because it is really fucking difficult to run a business in this environment. And I honestly think, pun on the comms comment, and I know I've been running on a long time about this, but I, I honestly think on on the comms comment, as soon as there is something to say. The club actually generally are pretty good at saying it. On, on generally, all, in the main, but I don't. But I don't think in this particular instance 
Well, maybe they're just not saying the things that I want to hear, but I think they should have been more proactive because as I understand it, if you do call the club about your season ticket and say, actually, I'm really going to struggle to pay at the moment for next season, I think if you call, they will try and sort something out for you. As a community project, maybe not so much of a business, you know, we market ourselves as a community club and a community project. We probably should be going out to our supporters and saying, we realise some of you might be struggling. Give us a call. Drop us an email. Do what you need to. We will help you. We are here for you. Because, you know, you look at, there's, there's people that we know whose mental health is affected positively or negatively, almost purely by this football club. Um, you know, so for that, for the football club almost to be taken away from them in a period where you're going to be isolated from your community anyway, you can't. I think it is a responsibility of the club to step up a bit more than they have been doing. Um, and on the kind of, all oh, right, there might be something done on the, you know, on the players. It, it kind of, they must be having those discussions now. They must be quite close to making some kind of announcement because the longer it goes on the longer they're not taking a pay cut and they're taking their, their full wage out of it. I just think if you're going to say... You don't know what's no, I, don't, I don't know. Because the I point is... So, no, exactly. And the point is, it's, it's, to a certain degree, it's none of our business. Like We're not the only club that hasn't done that. So so just on that point... No, of, but we're oh, one of only long... three that have furloughed, uh, that have furloughed um, employees right. in the Premier League. On. Yeah, but hang on, you're not, um, you're, you, well, on that point you just made about um, oh, while they're still taking their wage, um, you don't have to process stuff like, um, there's loads of ways around this furlough scheme when it comes to, it's only at the point of, uh, you, you have to sign, you have to have a signed letter to say that someone is furloughed. So you can do that on the 1st of April. You're not actually processing the pay slips until the end of April. So there's plenty of businesses that will be um, putting people on furlough and then confirming basically whether or not they need to kind of later in the month. You could have gone back to the 1st of March. You can make people redundant and then retrospectively put them back onto the mm -hmm. job retention scheme, we're being told. So all of these individuals think there's so many moving parts that actually it's less responsible for the club to come out and say, we know the answer, it's this. And then in six weeks' time, everything's still on lockdown and all of a sudden they have to either lay people off or do something that then looks really negative. And everyone goes, well, why did you come out and say all of that when you were wrong? So I, I, I think they've probably had every discussion you want them to have. They've probably had all the ideas you've had and then some because they're cleverer than us. Um, and the, But the point is they haven't um, – I honestly think if once there is some, something cement, cemented that they would go ahead. Now, if you're right and they are actually offering an opportunity for people to – and kind of pause on direct debits, um, then then I agree that it, that's the kind of thing that it would be really really good for them to to come out and say. And perhaps you've got a point. It might do it might do really good for it might it might be really good for Ben or Stuart or whatever to put a message out saying, look, you might seem we might seem to be a bit quiet on some of this COVID stuff, and it is because we are currently running five different scenarios on the way that this could be running out um, and you know trust us we've, we've got the football clubs long-term um security and safety and of those of our employees and our fans it, like at the top of our uh, priority list the reason that we're not shouting about exactly how we're going about it is because we are we basically looking to see how this pans out and we may they may well be agreements in in kind in place with the, the players that retrospectively affects their wages um, so, you know, there, and there's loads of contractual things, which means there's certain things they maybe aren't allowed to say out loud. And that might be why some which, clubs... Which is fine. And that's fine. But I think we need something like that to fill... Because ultimately, we could speculate for probably about another half an hour about what they, they should and they shouldn't do. 
But, you know, if that's all just white noise and they can't say anything at the moment, just come out and just be really honest about that. Don't don't just make partial statements about this year's, you know, partial refunds and not next year's, you know, direct debits and all the rest of it, because people are talking about that. And they know people are talking about that because journalists are asking them about that behind closed doors. So I, I think the club could just be a little better with being proactive in their comms. It's time for the Along Come Norwich quiz. Um, it's a slight difference because we knew we were going to be a bit light on football topics to discuss. Um, so therefore, John is going to take on Lorne. But then we've also opened up the opportunity for some listeners to get involved. Um, we've got four listeners who are very keen about having the chance to come on the pod and beat these two at their own game. Although, again, it's not, not their own game. It's just a game they participate badly in. Um, you're going to <laughs> it's go your first. game that we struggle in. Lorne, please please will you be so kind to time punts efforts? Your time, John, starts now. Which League Two team plays their games at Warden Road? Oh, I don't know. Um, Fleetwood League one. Pass, pass. Uh, Who was the kit manufacturer before Mitre? Um, Before Mitre, Ribeiro. Correct. Which championship club is Gary Rowett the current manager of? Um, Stoke? Incorrect. No. In what year was Jim Duffy caretaker manager at Norwich? Oh, 2007. Correct. Who are the only current non-prem team to win three consecutive league titles? Preston North End. Incorrect. Which player ended up at Norwich on loan in 2009 via Clydebank, Airdrie, Falkirk, Rangers and Blackpool? Oh, Pass. Uh, which League Two game uh, team plays their games at Warden Road? Um, Forest Green Rovers. Incorrect. Who uh, for which Championship club is Gary Rowett the manager club manager of? Um, Birmingham. No, you got two out of six. That's bad. Um, they're, they're all exactly. Yeah, Warden Road, yeah. Cheltenham. Correct. Gary Rowett. That's all I know. Okay. Uh, I would have guessed Birmingham. Uh, yeah, uh, he was. Uh, it's, Mill- it's Millwall now. And Stoke. Millwall? Is he a Millwall? Bloody hell. According to the internet. Um, <laughs> the, um, the, uh, and as ever, as I always say, it's correct as the first and only website I checked. Um, Huddersfield won three consecutive top flight titles. Yeah, they were um, going to be my next guess. Cool. They genuinely uh, were. You got, the, you got Jim Duffy. He was in between um, Grant and Rhoda. Um, and Lorne, do you want to have a go at the 2009 Loney uh, who came via Clydebank, Airdrie, Falkirk, Rangers and Blackpool? Uh, no. He, he's the player uh, to I'm me the that... goalkeeper, David Marshall. No, no. He's the pl- no, he came on loan. He, he's the player that typifies this, this era of shit to me. Alan Gow. Oh, Alan Gow. I liked Alan Gow. Lorne, you've got two to beat to be the p- person who the challengers are trying to challenge. Go on, um, Lorne. Your time, Lorne, begins again. Now, which League Two team plays their games at Brunton Park? Carlisle. Correct. Who was the kit manufacturer before Asics? Uh, Hummel. Uh, no, for which championship Weird. club is Michael O'Neill the current manager for? Stoke. Correct. In what year was John Faulkner caretaker manager at Norwich? Um, 88. 
No. Which current Prem team holds the record for the most draws in a top flight season? Everton. No. Which player ended up at Norwich in 2007 via Celtic, Dundee, Freiburg and Aral? Uh, pass. Um, what was the kit manufacturer before ASICS? Uh, oh, I can see it. It's got a little uh, thing, like a little crown thing. Can't accept it's that. Nice, it's nice kit. Oh, pass. In what year Bad was John Faulkner? No. Pass. In what year was John Faulkner caretaker manager at Norwich? <laughs> pass. Um, Sorry. Yeah, oh, you've got, got two as well, which means we're going to need to take a tiebreaker off you if one of the challengers gets two. They'll, they'll do better. We've been rubbish. No, Admiral's the score one. Scoreline, surely. Scoreline score on the kit. Nice. Scoreline is right. Uh, 1998, after Mike Ooh. Walker, John Faulkner helped out. Um, uh, the, the, the most draws in a top flight season is Norwich. 78-79, first division. And the, do you know the player? Punt, Celtic, Dundee, Freiburg, Arrow. I'm not sure how to say one, that. Say the last one again, go on. Arrow. <laughs> not sure I'm what saying that right. Uh, he ended up at Norwich in 2007. 2007. Oh, God. So it had been one of Rhoda's weird. Yeah, it, it, was that, it was that kind of lot of shit, yeah. Uh, oh, I can't, can't even think. Someone ridiculous. Like, no, Coroma came from Portsmouth, didn't he? OJ Coroma. No, I don't know. Tell me, tell me. Mark Fotheringham. Oh. Oh. So it's two to beat. Let's see if we can get uh, our first challenger on the line. Nick, thank you for joining us. You said that you want to go by the darts style nickname of the Haymaker. Um, we are very happy to play along with that. So Haymaker, you have 60 seconds. You have two to get yourself into a tiebreak situation or more than that, obviously, to beat the two pathetic individuals that have tried so far. Your time starts now. Which League One team plays their home games at Memorial Stadium? Um, uh, uh, oh, I don't know. Pass. Who was the kit manufacturer before Admiral for Norwich uh, City? Adidas. Incorrect. For which championship club is Grant McCann the current manager? Pass. Uh, in what year was Paul Franklin caretaker manager at Norwich? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the quiz. 90 win? 1992. No. Uh, which current championship team hold the record for the most consecutive league games without a win? Um, Ipswich Town. No. Which player ended up at Norwich in 2008 via Bristol City, Reading and Charlton Athletic? Pass. Uh, which league month team plays their home games at Memorial Stadium? Oh dear, this is not going well. Um, I can't even think oh, of it. Oh, wow. Um, sorry, Nick. They were hard questions, I think, but then everyone's they got the same format. Questions. Everyone's got the same format. You've got a ground from League One or League Two. You've got a kit manufacturer from Norwich. You've got a current championship club. Um, you've got a caretaker manager. You've got a record of some kind. And then you've got a Norwich obscure turn of the, turn of the decade player. So just to go through, uh, boys, did you know Memorial Stadium? Is it Bristol Rovers? Morning, it is Bristol Rovers, yeah. yeah. yeah well He's done, good man. on grounds, isn't he? He's um, very good. The kit manufacturer before Admiral, this is more your Umbro. era punt, is uh, yeah, correct. It's got to be Umbro. Yes. That's, seven, that's about 72. I was about minus six then. He's good yeah. on kit manufacturers, isn't he? He's good on kit manufacturers. He's very good at pre-born <laughs> sort of uh, uh, 
kit manufacturers. Uh, Championship club of Grant McCann is obviously Hull. Um, anyone for the year of Paul Franklin, caretaker manager? He was just um, after O'Neill. Just after, oh, 96? 95. Um, the current championship team who hold the record for the most consecutive league games without a win. This is sliding from the Premier League down to the championship. Norwich. Nice, no, Derby. 36. Oh. Uh, yeah, Macclesfield did it as well. They did 36, but at a lower level. Um, and which player, it was a striker, he came to us at 2008 and he started at Bristol City, then went to Reading, Charlton, and then to us. I really is liked David Mooney. No, really hat tricky. Uh, Jonathan Johansson or Leroy Lita, someone like Leroy that. Leroy Lita, yes. Ooh. Right, so Nick, really you haven't made it. You haven't made it, Haymaker, uh, into oh, the yeah. into the into the final. But I really appreciate you playing. I really appreciate you listening, and hopefully you can join us again to try again another time. No, no problem, and I hope I'll get more than what I got now, which would wouldn't be hard because I can't get any less than what I got now. So <laughs> you've absolutely nailed it, uh, and your future as a quiz pundit is secured. Thanks, Nick. Next time. Cheers, Nick. Bye. Next up to take on the boys um, is our second fan. It is our friend Kenty. Now, uh, is that your uh, the name you'd like to be known by, or would you like to go by a dart style nickname? No, I'll go with Kenty. That'll do. Okay, I'm happy with that. If you're happy with that, your time starts now. Which League Two team plays their home games at Moss Rose? Oh, Macclesfield. Correct. Who was the kit manufacturer before Hummel? Pass. Uh, what, for which championship club is Gary Monk the current manager for? Sheffield Wednesday. Correct. In what year was Martin Hunter caretaker manager at Norwich? 2006. Correct. You've taken the lead. Which current League One team hold the record for the most consecutive Premier League losses? Um... Sunderland. Correct. Which player ended up at Norwich in 2009 via Rangers, Leicester City and Motherwell? Uh, Alan Gow. No. Who was the kit manufacturer before Hummel? Uh, oh, God. Um, pass. Is the... Which player ended up at Norwich in 2009 via Rangers, Leicester City and Motherwell? Time. Oh, oh, well, four, four is enough. Four is enough to four take the lead good. with, with two, two, two contestants to come. I think I, I knew both of those as well. Anymore. Nah, screw him. I think I knew right. both of the answers he didn't get. So the kit manufacturer oh, was Hull. Adidas. <laughs> yes, it was. And uh, the player via Rangers, Leicester City and Motherwell. Stephen Hughes. Correct. You, should, oh. so have, you would have been Oof. all right at everyone else's questions, punk. If I'd had his questions, yeah, it would have been fine. No, no, it's, it's the pressure. Right, you've got four. I'm going to ask you for a tiebreaker number in case one of the other two get four as well. Okay. Norwich hold the record for draws in a top-flight season. How many out of a 42-game season in the 70s do you think they drew in one season? 17. Okay. Can you write down 17, please, punt? Yeah, done. Done, but... I'm not really with the, with the maths. So you are currently the leader. You'll have to listen in tomorrow when this goes up to find out whether or not you've retained that. Uh, but in the meantime, thank you very much for playing, Kenty, and we'll speak to you soon. Welcome our third contestant. Charlie joins us from Twitterland. 
Um, he's doing some heavy breathing down the mic, and that may well be his dart style nickname, the heavy breather. Uh, you've got four to get into a tie break situation. Um, Punt and Lawn haven't done so well. You can hear how badly on the pod tomorrow. Um, your time, Charlie, starts now. Which League One team plays their home games at Scotland? Rochdale. Correct. Who was the kit manufacturer before Pony? Oh, what uh, For which championship club is Mark Warburton the current manager? QPR. Correct. In what year was David Williams caretaker manager at Norwich? 1994. No. Which goalkeeper was sent off after 13 seconds for Sheffield Wednesday in 2000? Kevin Pressman. Correct. Which player ended up at Norwich in 2001 via Toronto, Birmingham, Stoke, West Brom and Fulham? Toronto, Birmingham, Stoke, West Brom. Pass. Uh, uh, who was the kit manufacturer before Pony? Uh, I have to go Asics. Uh, no, what year was David Williams caretaker manager at Norwich? Uh, 1992. Yes, which player ended up at Norwich via Toronto, Birmingham, Stoke, West Brom and Fulham? Time. Yeah, you managed to get four, four out of six. Oh, very, that was a very solid strong. Kevin Pressman. Solid it was Kevin. very, very nice. Very, um, so the kit manufacturer Punt, do you know that one before Pony? Oh, I'd have gone Mitre, but I think I'm wrong. Mitre is correct. Mitre is it? Is according to the internet. Um, and the other one, any? Do you boys know the player that started off in Canada, went via the Midlands, and ended up with us? Was it Carl Robinson? I say it ended up with us. He played for about 25 clubs after that, um, and I missed out quite a few in the intro. It's Paul Pescatolido. <laughs> of course. Um, so, so, nice to make it easy for Charlie. So, um, Charlie, uh, that you are in a tiebreaker situation. Norwich hold the record for draws in a top flight season. How many out of a 42 game season did they get? This was in the 70s. How many draws out of a 42 game league season? Uh, 15. Okay. Thank you very much for your tiebreak answer. Listen in the morning when the pod is up to see how you've got on. Thank you very much for playing and we'll speak to you again soon. Welcome to contestant number four, Brad Knowles, who's going to take on uh, Punt and Lawn. Uh, just to fill you in, Bradley, uh, you're not actually taking on those two because they did so badly. You've actually got to take on the Haymaker and the Heavy Breather, both of whom got four out of six. So to get to the tie break, you need to get four out of six. And your time starts now. Which League One team plays their home games at Highbury Stadium? Pass. Which, who was the kit manufacturer after Adidas? The Norwich. The Norwich. Yeah. Hamill. Yes. For which championship club is Steve Cooper the current manager? Pass. In what year was Gary Megson initially manager at Norwich? 1996. No. Which Premier League team benefited from the first ever goal awarded by Goal Line Technology? Man United. No. Which player ended up at Norwich in 2000 via West Ham, Leicester City and Birmingham City? Pass. Uh, Highbury Stadium, League One team? No, don't know. Steve Cooper is which championship current manager? Barnsley. In what year was Gary Megson initially manager at Norwich? 95. Correct. Uh, first Premier League team to benefit from goal line technology? Liverpool. Time. Correct. <sighs> 
you were very close in your 95, 96 and your Man United, Man City. If you'd have gone, uh, it was Edin Dzeko for Man City. So you, you, you were close to a four, but you have ended up with a, with a two. Um, we, I go to our stadium correspondent, Lorne, for Highbury Stadium. Fleetwood Town. Is correct. Yeah. You've got Hummel. So no, no chance for law um, for punt the uh, the kit manufacturer correspondent to come in. Um, Steve Cooper, I literally never heard of him until today, but apparently he manages Swansea. Um, the you, uh, you got Megson. He actually did five games of the at the end of the season after Dean, then took off, then took over after O'Neill and Franklin a few years later for twenty seven games. Uh, and it was Tony Cotty was who we were after. Um, for Norwich in 2000 by West Ham United, Leicester and Birmingham. So thank you so much for playing, Brad. Unfortunately, on this occasion, un- un- unlike the fanzines where you have been our crossword champion a couple of times, I should have mentioned that at the start of your of your entry, so you do know your shears. But on this occasion, uh, you've not quite made it through to the final. So on that uh, bombshell, I say see you later. So we have a winner. Congratulations to Kenty who said 17 in the tiebreak because Norwich managed to draw an unbelievable 23 games out of 42 um, in the 1970s. That's very, very impressive indeed, Norwich. Well done. Um, I really, really appreciate the fact that you've spoken to me in my lockdown isolation uh, inspiration unit. Um, Lorne, uh, thank you for your company. You're welcome. Um, Punt, I acknowledge that you've also uh, taken part in some parts of this discussion. Thank um, you, Jim. And to the rest of it, oh, thank you very much to the people who joined us for the quiz. I think we might do that again. It was good fun. Yeah, um, they were good. Maybe not for the haymaker. Probably wasn't fun for him. Um, uh, the fact that he's been subsequently fact-checking the, the answers and even crosser, the fact that I was right, has probably made him <laughs> even worse. Um, but yeah, I think uh, we're all bad about that. Thank you very, very, very much for listening. We hope you're doing all right. Stay safe, look after yourselves, and mind how you go. Started. Welcome. Too long come. I haven't done a fucking intro. <laughs> I forgot. It's been so long. I completely. I've done. I've done six times six. I've done thirty-six individual questions, all new questions. But I haven't really. <laughs> Do a lovely lazy lockdown. Yeah. yeah. I've done L before. Laconic. I think he said laconic when he did it before. Yeah, I know. That's what, that's what I'm saying. You must have done all the letters by now, though. We've done more than 26 pods. I don't think I've done Z. Do X. Xenophobic. <laughs> Go on, then. Give Xenophobic X ray into. Xylophone. That's all you got. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Let's just do it through to the end.